Hey guys, I'm Jackie Brubaker, your host of That Girl, the podcast. I'm an author, performer, two-time Emmy Award winner, human relationship specialist, and founder of the wellness website, loveyoueavenmore.com. Each week, I bring on inspiring people and experts in their field to have powerful, motivational, and enlightened conversations about relationships, self-development, and how you can live your most authentic life. Follow us for daily updates on myself and the podcast at That Girl the Podcast and at Jackie Prubaker on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and our Patreon page. While you're at it, make sure to check out my new wellness website, loveyoueavenmore.com. If you're wanting to dig into developing more self-worth, be healthier about relationships, and learn how to date smarter, go to loveyoueavenmore.com and follow us on Instagram at loveyoueavenmore. Welcome, Stephanie Hamatu, back to That Girl, the podcast. Stephanie is on quite a bit because we love her and she has great advice and amazing things to say. Stephanie, welcome back. (laughs) Hi, Jackie. How are you? I'm good. I'm excited. This was your topic idea. We're going to talk about rising from the ashes from experiences in our lives that have really knocked us down and we have risen and become the phoenix and risen from those ashes. So (laughs) it's a good one. I mean, man, isn't that what life's just all about is, you know, falling down and getting back up again? Totally, totally. And I think that, I mean, first of all, this topic, it always reminds me of kind of Game of Thrones when (laughs) Khaleesi rises, literally rises from the ashes. and becomes the mother of dragons and like one of the most powerful characters in Game of Thrones. Sorry to those of you who aren't fans. I was just going to say, we're going to just talk about like Comic-Con after this. So if you're not into it, like, I'm kidding. We're not, we're not. We're going to talk about psychology. Go on. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, so this, I mean, anyone who's made it to our ages, which, you know, I won't share, but (laughs) anyone who's made it to this age in life has probably experienced some something that's happened that has either been a major loss or something that's perceived as a failure or whatever, something that's really, like you said, knocked you down and can make you feel like you have nothing left or that you're a failure or you don't know what you're doing. And so this episode is a lot about just how we've been able to take those experiences and like a chunk of coal, turn them into a diamond rather than letting them break us. Yes. So true. So true. Well, I'm going to let you kickstart with your story. You tell one, I can tell another. We'll just just talk. So absolutely. So the first story that comes to mind on this topic for me is, um, when I was 27, I opened a hair salon and it was the most incredible experience that I've had in my career. Uh, you know, it was a seven chair hair salon in Santa Monica. I built it from the, yeah, I built it. Thank you. I built it from the ground up, you know, had to work with architects and, um, what are the contractors and get permits from the city. And it was the first time 
that I, you know, had really opened my own business. And as a hairdresser, we are kind of our own individual business already. But to open a brick and mortar business, as you know, requires so much more. And so, you know, learning about business licenses, establishment licenses, permits, like all the things, like I said, it was the most incredible experience. I'm so glad that I got to have those years. However, after our five-year lease was up, um, at the time, we didn't know anything about having a cap in your lease. And a cap in your lease means that once your five-year contract is up or however many your contract is up, there's only so much they can raise the rent. Um, and since we didn't have that in our lease, the sky was the limit as much as they could raise the rent. And so our lease, our landlord chose to double the price of our lease. And at the time, uh, it was about six months, you know, we were negotiating six months before the end of the contract. I was also six months away from having my second baby. And it had to be the most scared that I've ever been in my life. At least, yeah, one of the most scared moments of my life. Like knowing that the business that I had, you know, put my blood, sweat and tears and money <laughs> into mm-hmm. creating you know, all of our life savings, tons of debt in order to open this place, that it was all going to go away. There was no way that, I mean, I had, I was this close to signing the lease knowing it was a bad idea, but I was like, how can I let go of this business baby that I created? And I think the universe kind of gave me a big push that that was the only choice because not only would I have had to work insane hours yeah. in order to cover the rent, and that would be like working insane hours, but to pay somebody else that money, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, and then right before I was going to sign this terrible deal because they weren't willing to come down, uh, one of my stylists ended up having to have a major surgery that was going to make her out for several months. And another stylist tells me that she's moving to Australia. (laughs) Hmm, So I was like already on the brink of like, I don't know if I could do... Anyways, long long story short, I had to make the decision to burn it all to the ground to start over. And I had no idea how I was going to come out the other side, uh, both between having debt from the business, as well as, you know, I had... I'd had some complicated pregnancies. And so I had been putting a lot of my efforts as a salon owner into building up the other stylists. So I still had my own clientele, but I was really pushing to build them up Mm -hmm. so that I could work less and then be more of like the business owner than having to work as much behind the chair. But now I find myself in a place where I no longer am going to have a business or a staff or anything. And so I didn't know where I was going to work. I didn't know how many of my clients were going to follow me. I didn't know how much money I would be making. Uh, we owned a home. My ex-husband and I, we owned a home. I didn't know how I was going to pay my share of the mortgage, like all the things. So literally everything. everything. Yeah. And then, you know, closed doors basically as I was on maternity leave. So I think doors closed like a week after I had my baby. I remember coming to the salon with my baby in like a baby carrier when she was two weeks, two weeks old and having to pack up the salon. (laughs) (laughs) So if you could picture 
Just like you haven't, you haven't slept. I just had surgery because I had a C-section. I wasn't recovered, had to pack up everything. And then the emotional moment of like, Mm. I'm, I'm saying goodbye to this, to this business, to this chapter. Right. Mm -hmm. And it probably took every ounce of will that I had in my soul to not have a nervous breakdown. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think a I mean, lot of people would have. <laughs> yeah, yes. And uh, and I think, and it was like, the reason I couldn't have a nervous breakdown is I had two small babies relying on me. And so that wasn't an option. Like mom can't fall apart and crumble because there's yeah. nobody else to take care of these little babies. And, um, you know, they deserve to have a mom that's like, okay, so I'm just going to figure out a way. And so, you know, I, I did give myself a few months to feel the feelings and be sad and emotional. And I want to say victim me because, of course, I had more than enough reason to feel that way. But, you know, I let myself have a pity party for a couple months. Sure. Um, and then it got to a point where I was like, all right, everything's going on a credit card right now. I better figure this the fuck out. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's only so long that I can do this. And right. so... I did, uh, and something beautiful did end up being born from that experience, um, which I'll get to in a minute. But basically, I was like, I know how to build a business. I've done it before. I can do it again. I compiled mentally a list of all the strategies and tools and education that I had learned over the years in my, whatever at the time, 13 years experience as a hairdresser. And I was like, I am going to apply every single strategy I know to build more clientele, to sell more products, to whatever I have to do in order to get myself back to a financially stable place. Um, My family needs it. I need it. Like this is just what has to be done. And within, I would say a year, year and a half from closing doors on the salon, I was back to making a very good living as a hairdresser. <laughs> I a lot you know, less stress. <laughs> a lot less stress. I had pivoted in some ways, you know, I um because I didn't have the added stress of running a business anymore, at least like being responsible for other people in a business. I was able to start working in television, which is how I know Jackie. <laughs> uh, we met on the set of ESPN and uh and so I you know, had that as like a side situation, side business, as well as my uh, salon business. And once I got to a place where I was starting to really pay off debt and, you know, not have to put everything on credit cards and not living in that like shame of the failure of the business and the loss. And I let everybody down and all of those things. Once that had all kind of felt like I was at the other side of it now. And like, there was a light at the end of the tunnel, the sun was rising again. I realized that maybe it wasn't 100% the case, but maybe I went through that thing because I was meant to help other hairdressers figure out how to do the same thing for their business. And so uh, I sat down one day and I mean, I didn't just like come up with this out of nowhere. I was obviously... um, really diving deep into personal development mm-hmm. and listening to a lot of mentors like Rachel Hollis, Tony Robbins, uh, Brendan Burchard, 
Dean Graziosi. I'm forgetting a bunch, but you know, I had all been, the good ones. <laughs> <laughs> I had grasped onto their podcasts and books like it was my lifeline. Yeah. And and it was at the time. Like I really needed all the inspiration. Uh, mm. just like this podcast is hopefully reaching the people that need to hear it as well. Yeah. Um so I I decided that, you know, I went through this hard thing. I figured out how to overcome the hard part. So I'm going to write everything I can think of down that I did and see if anybody else could possibly want this information. And as soon as I put it out there, I had several hairdressers uh, sign up to do one-on-one coaching with me. And, uh, and it was incredible. I was able to, um, you know, the first few hairdressers, it was almost like guinea pigs and they knew that. (laughs) I was like, (laughs) you know, I'm kind of figuring this out at the same time that we're doing this, but they were so great because we were able to verbally process so many of these things that all humans go through, but then this specific program, like that hairdressers go through and we were able to, um, kind of lock in the key, most important things that hairdressers can do to take power and take charge of their business and uh, and make a really freaking good living. I mean, we serve our clients every single day. We make them feel good. We bring something really positive and powerful to their lives. And and we deserve to also live a good life. And a lot of hairdressers need to know that, that, you yes. know, you deserve to make a good living doing your craft that you work so hard to do. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, and then from there, I created like an online course. You helped me. I mean, <laughs> you, you did like so much of the work to help me. I mean, for those of you out here that don't know, like Jackie produced my videos and helped me do my online course for hairdress success. And if it weren't for Jackie, I don't even know if it would have gotten made because (laughs) as soon as I told her like, Hey, you know, I'm thinking about doing these videos to make an online course. She's like, cool, let's do it. Let's pick a date. We're going to do it. All right. I'm going to produce you. Here's, you know, and Jackie's like just such an awesome friend to have in your corner. Any, any of you out there that are lucky enough to be friends with Jackie. Um, so that's my, mostly my first story is like, you know, there was, something that had to be burned to the ground. But then from the ashes rose this whole other thing that wasn't even on my radar that has taken my life in a completely different direction in so many ways. And I'm so, you know, not that I would like love to go through that experience again, but (laughs) I do believe that it really did happen for a reason and that we can turn any of our bad experiences into a positive, maybe not right away. We don't want to like skip over the hard feelings. Um, But at some point when you're able to like fully process and heal, we can take those hard experiences and translate them into something beautiful. Absolutely. And you're such a a testament to that. And so many people would have just like froze and buckled and been like, I just can't do this. And, you know, maybe would have kept living off their credit cards, maybe would have been too fearful to even get back on the horse again and, or, you know, to help others like, you know, someone could have said in their head, like, well, I failed who, why am I like worthy of helping other people? But you were like, no, I know how to build a business. I can do this again. And that's so much a part of getting back up again and rising from the ashes. Um, I just did a live like just today on rejection as redirection. And I just feel like this is that, this is it, you know, you are rejected from something And it doesn't mean that you didn't deserve this, that you didn't work hard for it, that you are completely worthy of it, but the universe or, you know, whatever you subscribe to had a different plan for you. And I think the most important thing to remember is what you did 
to remain flexible, you know, feel your feelings, have your little pity party, but don't let it last too long because that is going to keep you stuck. And that beautiful, hard opportunity of rejection or, you know, failed opportunity, it will show you to where you're supposed to go. And if you're flexible enough, and if you're willing to let go of control, you can actually pick up on what the universe is trying to tell you and be like, okay, I'm going to have a little faith and I'm going to go in this new direction. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't see the light at the end of the tunnel yet, but I'm sure it's there. So I'm just going to keep walking step by step. Well, and you and I talk about this all the time and I know it's cliche, but you know, there's a saying that says failure isn't maybe going to happen to like to be a success, like failure is a part of success. And I'm totally botching that saying, but, but it's to get to a point where you realize that, I mean, first of all, you don't even have to look at failure as failure. It's just Mm -hmm. learning another way that didn't work. Right. Mm -hmm. But, you know, but when those things happen, it's just a part of your journey of really figuring out how to become successful. You know, everything that I learned, I mean, I'm going to walk away from that business and from that experience with so much more knowledge than I would have had if I never tried or if I didn't go through that. Like now I have such a better scope and range to like my soul and like my business mind. And, you know, it's just like you said, like something that you really have to eventually dig into and look at in a positive way. So. Yeah. And you, you usually will. I feel like most people do see, you know, the positive at the end of it. Um, but you know, it is a choice. It is your choice to see the positive or to, you know, wallow and feel like a victim forever. And some people do. And again, that's your choice. I don't just mm-hmm. it. <laughs> I don't <recommend> yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. But you know, I think it takes a lot of bravery to try anything new And when you were starting your salon, everything was new and you were learning so much, but you didn't think, oh, I'm going to quote fail at this. You thought, oh my gosh, I can't wait to start this and build this. And you did. And it was just a moment in time to teach you so much. And ultimately, in a way, you kind of got what she wanted because you wanted to spend more time with your girls. And now you do because you're not running a huge salon. So it kind of worked out. And to be fair, when you say when I open it, I wasn't like thinking, oh, what if I fail? It definitely did creep in there, you know? And I think um, that is the number one reason I think most people, not most people, but a lot of people won't take the risk because they're like, but what if the worst possible thing happens? And I know it sounds funny, but like I'm able to speak to people that are in that place of, but what if it fails? What if I have to close doors? And I'm like, I'm still alive. You know, (laughs) like, I mean, it sucked. And like, it was hard as hell, but like, you'll be okay. You know, like you can't, I guess we look at these things like, but what if it doesn't work out? Like it's going to be the end of the world. And like, of course we don't go into anything hoping it doesn't work out. But at the end of the day, you only live once. So you might as well do all the things that like light up your heart that you really want to experience 
and not everything is going to last forever. And that's okay. That's why I say you don't have to look at it as a failure. That was just that period of time. And then after that, you did something else. And after that, you did something else, you know? So I think we tend to look at things in such black and white terms. Like it's, it's all or nothing. It's successful or it's a failure. And, you know, none of that is really true. That's all ego stuff. That's us trying to like control outcomes and, um, you know, just be like, again, like controlling everything. And uh, I think like you said, being flexible and being able to pivot is very important. Being able to roll with punches, go with flows. You know, one thing might be really, really in demand today and and that's your business. And then tomorrow everything changes and something else is totally in demand. Does that mean you're a failure? No, it means that you've now had to pivot into a new idea or a new business or whatever, because you are staying current and you're delivering what is needed. So. Absolutely. I mean, I'm just thinking of so many businesses or projects that I have, you know, started and done. And, you know, ultimately like it isn't, I don't consider it failure if you decide to stop doing it too. You know, that may be more the case with some other people too, is it's just like, they've decided to stop doing it, um, for a lot of different reasons. And, you know, one of the things that always kind of runs through my head is, am I really enjoying this anymore? More so if this is successful or not, like I would much rather be happy doing what I'm doing then, I mean, listen, we all like making money. I'm not against making money. That's for sure. But I really don't want to be feeling like I could be doing something that could really make my heart happy and make money at that versus staying in something that maybe I started and liked at the time, but it's run its course. And now I feel stuck. And that happens a lot too. So it might not just be like, oh, you know, the big, you know, like crash of like, you know, like your case, like I lost my salon, like it ended it might just be like true, like feeling stuck and you have to like make that scary choice to, to break up, you know, with whatever it is. Are you trying to segue into my next story? Cause I feel like you have a story. (laughs) (laughs) I don't really, I want to hear your stories. I mean, I'll just like scatter my little stories and you know, cause Uh, yeah. They're there, uh, we, you know, if something hits and I, it triggers something, I'm like, oh, we can talk about that. We'll talk about it. But no, let's segue into your next story. <laughs> uh, well, when you say, when you find yourself in a situation where you're like feeling stuck and like, does this make me happy anymore, etc. Um, you know, the next experience in my life, and I'm sure there's all little experiences along the way, but the next major experience in my life where I felt like, I basically had to burn it all to the ground to start over and rise from the ashes, uh, which was, I don't want to say harder or less hard, but at least as hard as closing the business um, was when my marriage started to come to an end. And that took a lot of soul searching and a lot of time and a lot of like trying to make it work and trying all the things and let's do marriage counseling and let's try everything we can possibly think of before making this really tough decision. Because I mean, anyone that's been in a long-term relationship knows it's incredibly hard to leave a live together, Mm -hmm. um, comfortable, in the discomfort like situation, you know, you're splitting bills, you're, you have finances that are intertwined, you know, like you share a Netflix account, whatever. There's like a lot of reasons, right? Mm -hmm. Um, 
Okay, Netflix is maybe not the best reason, but I'm just saying, like you have, uh-huh, yeah. like, it's not so easy to just be like, all right, we're done, you know. Um, so, and then when you have small children involved, I mean, any age children involved, it's uh, it's like a whole nother level of, am I a terrible mother if I choose to love myself first? You know, am I a terrible mother if I walk away from the father of my children? Because this relationship, this dynamic no longer works for me Mm -hmm. um, when I could make the choice to stay forever for the sake of the kids. If I could, if I have the choice to keep my family together, am I a terrible human for, for making the other choice? And that was the, the hardest decision to make um, because I don't think anyone can tell you the answer. You know, people can give you input and they can help support you while you figure out your answer but no one can give you with a hundred percent certainty, like, no, you're making the right decision. Your kids are going to be okay. No one can tell you that, mm-hmm. you know, and if they tell you that you're not going to believe them. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, I really did get to a point at some point that I had reached my limit and was like this marriage, this dynamic is no longer serving my greatest and highest good. And, I believe, I don't know if I'm right, but I believe and I have faith that my kids are going to be okay and better if both of their parents are happy Mm -hmm. versus if they have two unhappy parents living under the same roof. And, you know, I'm sure you could argue argue either side of that for different reasons. And if there's obviously different levels of pain and and situations in marriage that will determine whether or not that's actually true. Um, but so I, I walked away and, uh, you know, I mean, we came to the decision together, so I don't want to make it sound like I just like left my husband. (laughs) Um, but you know, I moved out and got my own place. I, again, all the fear, just like I did with the salon, how am I going to pay for everything on my own? I no longer have a partner to split things with? How am I going to make it as a single mom? Mm -hmm. Am I going to be a good enough parent? Um, Am I enough? Like just me, just myself, you know, like without having that partnership, without having, like if I take them to the park or to like an outing and I don't have a husband figure with me, you know what I mean? Like all these things run through your head. Like are my kids going to have the life they deserve if I make this decision? And, um, you know, flash forward, it's now been almost a year and I am more than capable of paying my bills on my own. (laughs) (laughs) I am doing great. Again, you know, going back to the business stuff, like I know how to lean into business. I know how to rise myself up and do what I got to do to handle business. I am a smart shopper. I am good with managing money and saving and all the things, you know, of course I I have the same insecurities anyone else would when a big life change is happening. So I question whether or not all of that is true, but it is. And, um, and I am now in, and this is not necessarily the goal, but I am in a fantastic relationship. I have a wonderful bu- uh, boyfriend. Hi, Eric, if you're <laughs> listening. And I do feel like, you know, I can't predict the future, but living right now in the present and being present, like I really am appreciating and enjoying the type of love that I really felt like I deserve. And if I hadn't been willing to take the leap of faith on myself, that 
I didn't have to stay in a situation because that's what's expected by society or that's what the easier quote unquote thing is to do. Or I don't know if I'll ever meet anybody again. I don't know if I can pay my bills on my own, all the fear stuff. If I hadn't taken the leap of faith, I would have totally missed out on the last several months of getting to really start to grow and flourish in this new chapter of my life. So again, just like getting to a place where you're willing to take the the leap for yourself and trust that you will rise from the ashes. You don't know how, like, I mean, you can't see 10 steps ahead to see how it's all going to play out. But I'm here to tell you that whatever it is that you might be having to lose or let go of or close doors on, you will get to the other side, especially if you continue to believe in yourself and you empower yourself, you know, listen to coaches like Jackie and other inspirational um, speakers that will just give you the advice, (laughs) give you the advice, give you the inspiration to believe in yourself, to have good habits and to make good choices so that you can really create the life that you want and that you deserve. I so agree. And that thank you for sharing your story. And um, this is the first time I think you've shared your divorce story in public, Aww. right? <laughs> I think so, at least yeah. to that degree. <laughs> yeah. And that takes a lot of bravery. and But it also shows how moved forward you are and how healing, the healing has really happened. And when I was listening to your story, it it did, it did remind me of something really important to remember when you're going through the fire and it's really scary and new. And you're like, I don't know how I'm doing this. Like I just got my new apartment and now I've got like this thing that I need to figure out. And it's all that. I do remember when, um, I was about 25, maybe 26. Um, I lived with my boyfriend, Marco and he was Italian and we were together for years. Great guy. Um, and he was a professional musician and I wasn't professional, but I was obviously a musician and I was in this whole big, crazy, awesome music world. And it was very cool. Like I was very cool. And I just remember when we finally, and by the way, I wanted to break up with him, but like, couldn't imagine leaving our house and leaving this life. I was like, how am I going to be a part of this world anymore if I'm not with him? Like, which sucks, but I was 25 and that's what you think about, you know? And I was like, I also loved him. So we were very close. Like we just weren't quite the right pair, but like very good friends. Um, So we did break up and I remember, I don't remember exactly when this happened, but let's just say like a month later, I remember, I think I may have been having like a little spiritual awakening and I'm not kidding at a jazz club, but (laughs) I was, I was listening to some really good jazz and it just like ascended me. But I just remember kind of getting downloaded with the rest of your life is waiting and all of these scary, hard moments of readjusting are actually going to be the times that you look back on and think, oh my God, I almost kind of miss that because it's so unique and it's so lesson learning and hard, but also beautiful at the same time. And I do, there was one other time during that, like kind of moment of, you know, 26, maybe at that point where I was like looking out the window of my apartment thinking, 
oh my God, I'm going to remember this moment the rest of my life because this, this little capture of my life right now is so beautiful and it's so memorable for even for all of the pain and all of the hardship. I was so heartbroken, like so heartbroken. Um, but I knew that things were going to be okay. And that's the thing when we're going through a really scary transition in our life, you're right. Like we do not see the future. We do not know what fun curveballs are going to come, th- you know, being thrown at us. And we also don't know the people we're going to fall in love with that come into our lives that we weren't expecting, like in your case. <laughs> and it's just, I really, really urge anyone listening to, to look at this, you know, if you're going through that transition where it's like the bad thing has happened and now we're like, rising, you know, slowly from the ashes, that is the most beautiful time. And if you lean into it, like you were talking about, you can really make your life change. Also, just to wrap up the little music story, I ended up staying friends with everyone. And I ended up in that scene way more than he ever was. In fact, um, not to name drop, but I, it's, did you ever see the movie Garden State? Uh, yes. A long time ago. Uh Right. Long time ago. This is just aging me anyway. um, (laughs) So Carrie brothers was one of the singers on the soundtrack and he, and like all the people on the garden state soundtrack were like my best friends in music. And we all just like went touring together and like did shows. And it was like, so freaking cool. Right. It was just very cool. And Carrie's actually going to come on the podcast and talk about his life And then his wife, um, Jessica Weiss, is a very up-and-coming, like, she's becoming kind of famous um, film composer. She's going to come out. So it's so funny how, like, you know, when I'm like, I'm going to never see any of these people again. And, like, no, I totally still talk to them, and it's fine. And, like, it was the end. Right. It was very full circle. And, you know, and it's not about... (laughs) And I hope no one's listening and thinking, oh, she just wants to stay around famous people. That sucks. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> like, that's not it. No, it's just people you'd cultivated relationships with. And it's like, right. who, who gets the friends in the breakup? <laughs> exactly. And I got them. I got them. Yay. Of but anyway, um, <laughs> but it was, you know, it was kind of just that, that very, you know, you're in your twenties and it's scary and it's happening. And you're like, I've never done this before. I don't care if you're in your twenties. 30s, 40s, 50s, and so on. If it's new and it's happening to you, it's happening and it's scary. But there, there are beautiful things that come in that transition period. 100%. Yeah. Do you find, because I, I find that the more I've experienced these um, hardships or these losses or whatever you want to call it, the easier it gets for the next time? Oh my gosh, yes, 100%. But it took some big losses to get there. It wasn't like, Oh, I went through a really bad one and now I'm fine. I'm, I'm bulletproof. It took (laughs) quite a few to be like, now I'm bulletproof. Now I feel nothing inside. Just kidding. Oh, no, (laughs) we don't, we don't want to feel nothing. (laughs) Just just joking. Um, no, but I do feel like there's a little bit of like exposure therapy and taking risks and, um, you know, when you have experienced what at some point you would have considered the worst possible thing and you go through it and you make it out the other side and you're better than ever and you're rocking it, it gives you a little bit of extra faith for the next time that like if and when this comes up again or something similar, 
I will know how to make it through that too. And I think that it's so important with this topic to rem- I mean, it's, I know not everyone has like faith or spirituality or whatever, but uh, I do think having faith in something, even in yourself, just even yourself. in your, <laughs> even in yourself, I personally think that for me and what works for everybody works for everybody. Having faith that like the sun and the moon doesn't set with me, you know, uh, the sun doesn't rise, whatever, whatever the yeah, saying yeah. is. We get it. Because, <laughs> yeah. Because I think when we feel like the weight of the outcome of everything is on our shoulders, it can be debilitating. It can be paralyzing because we're like, we almost want to make no moves because, you know, if we don't get it right, everything's going to fall apart and, you know, we're going to end up homeless and we're not going to, you know, succeed at life or whatever. But I think what I've really come to with going through some of these experiences is having faith not only in myself that I'll figure it out. I'm smart enough. I'm capable. I will figure it out, which I know I will. Um, but also having faith that like there's some sort of magic in the universe that is conspiring to support me all along the way. And that is for me when I get to a breaking point or when I get to a point of, I don't even know how any of this is possibly going to fall into place or how any of this is going to work out. I do get to a place of like, I almost can't get any more anxious without having a nervous breakdown. So I get to a point of total surrender where I'm just like, okay, you know, um, universe, I trust that you have a plan. I trust that you're going to put the right people in my path. Mm -hmm. I trust that there's going to be an opportunity that I just don't know about yet. And it's, it's amazing when you can like really uh, get to that place of surrender that the right things really do come into your path that you need at just the right time, right? Absolutely. Um, and the last little kind of note or advice or whatever that I would have is that a lot of times one of the things that holds people back from getting to the other side of some of these losses and challenges is that our pride won't let us. Sorry, there's a car drive. I'm in my office today, guys. <laughs> I'm on the road. Uh, Wednesdays are my house call days for clients, which was a, whole, a total other like pandemic pivot business model, whatever. <laughs> right. Anyways, um, there was a car. So, uh, Oh, oh, pride. So sometimes it can be something that holds us back to getting to the other side or making the big hard decisions because we have so much pride that we're like afraid to ask for help. Yeah. And we feel like we have to take it on all ourselves. If we let go of this thing or we make this life choice, we are then going to be a hundred percent responsible for figuring everything out from there. And what I will say is you don't obviously want to completely sit back and let other people take care of you or figure it out for you. But if you're like Jackie and myself, who tends to be very proactive type A, we're going to get it done. It can be hard for us to ask for help. And I think that's another thing that I've really figured out is that like the people in your life who love you, they're happy to show up and support you. They just might not always know what you need. So... So really like when you're starting to make these choices or getting to a place where you feel like you're going to have to burn everything to the ground, I would really start talking to your close loved ones, like your, your top five and let them know your situation and what's going on. And I guarantee you, they're going to be like, what can I do to help? Like, what do you need? 
Do you need help packing up your salon? Because I had two great friends that just showed up on their own. Like, oh, you're packing up your salon today with a baby on your freaking (laughs) chest. Like, we're just going to show up and come help you. And I was like, what? You know, um, same thing since I moved out. I've had friends come help me build furniture and all different kinds of ways that people have showed up for me. And I think that's one thing we don't think about when we're in the thick of all the fear. It's like, we feel so alone in it. And I just think that, you know, it's just a good thing to remember that like you have people and if you don't have people go out and find people or contact me and Jackie, like we'll help connect you with people, whatever. (laughs) Yeah. You don't have to do it alone and you're not alone. Like what you're going through, probably so many other people have gone through. So if you need to find a support group, a Facebook group, a therapist, like whatever you need, like you don't have to do any of this alone. So that's just kind of the last thing that I wanted to mention. Uh, And that is such a good nugget because a lot of people do completely go internal, whether it's their bodies, but also their houses. And they just don't want to talk or they don't want to get help. They don't know how to talk about what they're going through. Um, And it's terrible because you're isolating yourself when there are people who love you, who may not have all the answers and may not know how to say exactly what you hope that they would know how to say, because we are all different and we don't know everything, (laughs) you know? So don't expect them to say, like, if someone says something to you and they're trying to help, accept it. Even if it's not exactly the way that you would hope they would say it, just please accept (laughs) it because they're just trying, you know, like people want to help and they want to love you. So please, if you are going through an extremely hard time, do not isolate And even if it's just a little bit of like out of your shell, a little bit is better than nothing. 100%. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I love this topic. I feel like we get to talk about this forever. Um, I think, you know, there was something I did want to say about like the faith aspect of it. Um, It is so true. You know, I do talk about like law of attraction a lot on the podcast and energy and if you listen, you definitely know that. And, you know, even if you don't subscribe to it, it's totally cool because we always keep it real here. <laughs> keep the psychology going. But, I subscribe. <laughs> thank you. Um, but it really, you know, and here's for my my non-law tra- of attraction people. There are studies of people that they, you know, there's two groups. There's the group that believes that nothing good ever happens to them and they're never going to get lucky. And then there's the group that always believes they get lucky and things are good things are always going to happen. And they've done studies on this. And the people that believe that good things will happen to them literally are more engaged with the people around them. And boom, things happen. Again, get out of your shell, kids. All right. Just whether you're going through a transition or not, like just get out of your shell and start talking to people wherever. You just don't know who you're going to talk to, who you're going to meet, and what doors are going to open and the redirection it's going to take you. Especially if you are feeling really stuck or you're going through a really hard transition and you're wondering what is the next step. Oh my God, just start talking to people, get into Facebook groups, talk to people you haven't talked to in a long time. You know, we're all watching each other's social medias. See what people are up to. DM them, say hello, <laughs> put yourself out there. And it just, it really does help kind of keep steering your life along. Like you have to be active in the rising. You can't just be like, well, my life just fell apart. I guess I'll see what happens to me. 
And we do talk about, you know, leaning back and surrendering, but you've also got to be kind of actively surrendering and active in your life at the same time, which basically means like, do what you can and then leave the rest up to the universe, right? You know, leave it to come get the other half of it. I really, you know, if you believe in God, like God helps those who help themselves. Boom. I, I really, truly believe in that. And, you know, so feel your feelings, but, but get out there. <laughs> you know? Totally. Anyway, thank you so much, Steph, for coming on. Tell oh my gosh, how they my can, pleasure. <laughs> tell oh. people how they can find you. Well, you can slide into my DMs. Good, <laughs> slide into our DMs. <laughs> um, at Style and Smile on Instagram is the best way to contact me. So Perfect. thank you so much for having me. I always have such a good time coming on here. <laughs> Aw, yay. And you can find all her info in the show notes. Thank you, girl. See you soon. Thank you. See you soon. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. Remember, sharing is caring. Make sure to rate the podcast and leave a review. We really rely on this to help get the podcast out there. Also, make sure to watch the video version on YouTube at That Girl the Podcast.